I said, can you just radio in and say that I'm here and I guarantee you they'll let me in. Now he said, you're a psychic. I'm Father Christmas. Get back on that bike and get out of here. Welcome back. I'm here again with Christopher Robinson, the dream detective. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you. Welcome back for me too and to you. Okay. So great fun. I, I, I know I'm having a ton of fun. Even <laughs> I, I wish people could listen to our conversations offline, but we, you know, we're. We probably uh, better not let them do that. <laughs> yeah. I want to continue to have a YouTube channel. So yeah. uh, on my side, you don't say anything wrong. I'm the bad guy, but we left off where you're starting to get messages from a dead detective. Yes. What happens after that? And you so, decide for I, a year that you're not going to tell anybody. Obviously, I told the people I'm reporting to in a small team that you're not going to believe this, but I was talking to this uh, dead police officer who incidentally was murdered by Gaddafi's terrorists you know i mean i'm thinking okay so lockerbie and, and i'm starting to wonder whether there is some kind of a network in the etheric world in the extraterrestrial world in the spiritual world that actually are getting together and trying to help us sort the mess out in the world that's what i was thinking at the time you know this is not a coincidence you know, this isn't happening to me for no reason there's something bigger than just these one-off little bits of help and a, a lot of the people i was talking to especially in the police didn't want to go down that road because they were beginning to realize and one of them i remember clearly he said to me he said Do you realize christopher if what you're doing is correct and we know that it is. Everything else we've ever been taught is wrong. And I know that officer very well. And saw him not long ago. In fact, he told me a funny story. Something I didn't know about me getting involved with all this back in 1977. <laughs> uh, and he said, I wondered who you were then. He said, and I didn't know. And that was really maybe i'll tell that bit another day but it was really funny i thought wow so i was right <laughs> but, but that was long before i personally knew this officer he was tasked to do something to protect me in a situation and he said to me i didn't know why i was asked to do this because it was something that we'd never be asked to do but and he said you know did you know about this then and i didn't you know, the dreams really started in 1986. Everything else, as far as I was concerned, before then, was ability, practice, intuition, yes, some, mm -hmm. but nothing far out intuitive, you know, just got a feeling for something or, you know, right. common sense that other people didn't seem to have, you know, led you in a direction where you saw it in a different way. Yeah, so... They decided a fax machine, send everything, 
and we'll go through it day by day. And through 1989, we did that. Through 1990, we did that. And we went on doing that for four or five years, sending stuff by fax so that there's a hard copy. Computers were becoming more of a thing then. We never used email. The only time I ever used email with anybody was with America. Mm -hmm. There was an email system that I could use to send it to Tom Drake or other people. But it's like some sort of encrypted email system. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they probably had that. There was another system. It was called Groove, which was a bit like a Skype. You could send stuff through that. I don't know. I've never heard of it since. But it was a, like a Skype thing. Mm -hmm. It was a, an encrypted program called Groove. Anyway, so we built up this phenomenal set of dream event, dream event, dream event, dream event. Hundreds of cases. Hundreds, literally hundreds. You know, usually there would be two or three things a week that dream matched event, dream matched event. If you had to guesstimate, what would you say your hit rate was? Uh, uh, then, oh. That's complicated. It's well, a complicated I, question. Yeah. But of the what a, well, I of the dream up, event mixes, how many were there dream inconclusive or would it? Well, that's not how we did it. What they would do is send all the dreams, and I think this could mean this. I think that could mean that. That was ninety percent. Okay. Wow. There was a whole load of stuff that you didn't really know what to do with it. But where I had decided I could say, I think this means this, we were about 90%. I mean, they were just crazy. My book, Dream Detective, which I've sent you a PDF of, goes into those years with the cases in great detail. There was one. And, and for folks who want to get a copy of that, you can order it on uh, Amazon by clicking the link below. I don't know if it's back on Amazon yet because they had trouble with the format. Mm. They can get the premonition, man. But again, we haven't been able to get it formatted to go into a printed form. I'll it's see if I can find it. If I can find yeah. it, I'll post yeah. it. Uh, well, I sent you a PDF of it, so you've got it. Yeah, but I, I want you to make some money on it, man. I don't yeah. want to, yeah. you know. As far as I know, we haven't got available at the moment a copy of it. But to hell with the money. If anyone wants a copy of it, Okay, I'll share it. I'll yeah, I'll share it. it. With your share permission, it. I'll share it. Yeah, yeah, share it. Share it. You know, share it. And if anyone emails me, I'll send them a copy of it as well. So, you know, simply because we haven't been able to get it. We put it back on Amazon, and it came a book about that thick, <laughs> and every second page was blank. And then there was two lines on that page, and, and we had to take it back off. We don't know what they did with the format in or – you know, and it was there for ages. But yeah, anyone wants to read it as an electronic copy, I can send it to him. Or you can, I don't mind. Stick yeah, I'll just, put the, I'll just put, the, put the link below. It'll be yeah, easy. Put it, yeah, put it there. Put it there somewhere and anyone can read it. I'm, I'm quite happy with that. So all of that's in there. Well, I'll tell you two things which really made me think. While I'm under this faxing and evaluation on a daily basis, 
I had a dream that I was in a military aircraft, taxiing along a runway, obviously, taking off, climbing through a thousand feet, and an alarm went off, and the captain shouted, flame out, engine flame out, we're going in. And we fell out of the sky. So I'm now in the dream with a burning military aircraft around me. And I'm with three dead now spirit ghosts. I don't know what, what I'm supposed to call them. But they were the people who were in the plane, three of them. And I said to one of them, what's your name? I asked him. He said, my name is Stephen Wilkinson. I said, wow. I said, Stephen, what happened? He said, we flamed out. And this is where we are. And I said, what's your friend's names? The other two. And he looked at me and this, I've never stopped thinking about this really. And hardly a week goes by when I don't think about this. He looked at me and he said to me, I'm not allowed to tell you, but I'll give you a clue. Their father built the runway. So I send exactly what I've told you now mm-hmm. in a dream facts to a police station. And one of the chief inspectors there called me back. And I went in, actually, I went into the police station. He called me back to come in. And we sat in his office and he said, what does this mean? I said, well, this is a military aircraft that's going to crash. I said, it's going to crash onto a traffic circle on a main road. Mm-hmm. I said, and there's an island in the middle of the road and it's very near there where it crashes and it hits the road, bursts into flames. And he said, what's this about their father built the runway? He said, we've got a Stephen Wilkinson. He said, but what does that mean? And I said, well, the only thing I can think of, and I can't think why he couldn't tell me or wouldn't, wasn't allowed to tell me. That's the bit that still bugs me. He's not allowed to tell me their names, only his. I said, what's the runway? Tarmac? McAdam? Adam? Mac something? I said, that's what I would do with that. Mm -hmm. He said, well, I'm going to pass this on to somewhere else. I would have thought it was somebody whose father literally built that runway. It could have been that, but I didn't know where that was. So I was thinking tarmac. You know, if someone says the runway, they always call it the tarmac. That's what Mm -hmm. that's. I don't know whether you do, but we do here. In the military, we call it tarmac. Yeah, Yeah, it's a tarmac. Yeah, so it's the tarmac. So in the Air Force, definitely is a tarmac. So that's what I was thinking. It's Adam, McAdam, something like that. Two names that correspond to that, some kind of puzzle. They said, well, I'm going to send this somewhere else just so that it's recorded there. Mm-hmm. I think it was two or three days later, a Canberra bomber taking off from RAF Witten in Cambridgeshire, crashed from about a thousand feet onto the A142 
near a traffic island, burst into flames. So I'm thinking, shit. But Alex phoned me. He said, there's a plane gone down, three people in it. I said, yeah, I know. He said, what do you think about the names? He said, I'm going to try and find out what they are. And, you know, the minute I, I can tell you, we'll look at that. He said, because there's something about this that, there was something about it for me too. It really sort of hooked me into it. The flight navigator was Stephen Wilkinson. The pilot was group captain Robert McKendrick. Mm -hmm. And the other one was flight lieutenant Adams. Now, that's not the coincidence. I mean, I think Stephen Wilkinson is enough to make that eerie. Yeah, but the Mac Adams, as you yeah. go round the cockpit, they would have called him Mac. He was Adams. Why wasn't he allowed to tell me? Did you ever get the answer? Nope. nope. I've, I've found out where they're buried and I'm going to perhaps one day take a trip to their graves. See what I dream was it, the night before. Was it because he was had some classification that he wasn't supposed to be on that flight? or I've got no idea. As far as I know, it was a regular training flight out of Witten. But that's not a coincidence. Do you think you'll ever find out? No, it's only recently that I've pushed it in my mind again. I didn't really try, but there was so much going on at the time. It was just another one of those, whoa, what is going on here? Who's trying to tell me what? What is this all about? The other one was really funny in a way. Well, not funny and funny. I had a dream that two dogs now just for everybody that doesn't know yet i often initially see the terrorist as a dog in the dream and then they become people and it's my alert signal because you've got people in the dream everywhere but when a dog becomes a person i think terrorist so i've got this dream about these two dogs in a place not far from 10 miles from where i am now called st albans and our dogs coming through the park, then they become people, a man and a woman. And one of them's holding a padded envelope with a bomb in it. And they walk along streets that I do know, cross the road in a town that I do know. So I've, I've got a real picture of this in my head. It's just the dream spell. And they're standing outside a bank with this bomb. And they're waiting to put it through the letterbox. And in the dream, as it goes through the letterbox, it blows up and kills them. So I fax this off and called to a meeting. What do I know? What do I think? I said, I don't know anything. I haven't been to St. Albans for 10 years, probably, at that point. Although it's 10 miles away, it's not somewhere I go. I didn't know what was happening there. Somebody obviously did. They said, when is it going to happen? I said, Friday night. And I think we were like Tuesday now. If you get any more, let us know. I had a little bit more that it was definitely going to happen Friday night. So I was told to be available Friday night if it did happen, because people would want me to, to go and meet people. And I stayed in that Friday night. 
just about 10 o'clock it was like boom in my head and i thought oh it's gone off then the phone rings sergeant clements on the phone he said all can hell's broken out loose in st albans he said they want you over there can you get there and it was really funny because my car had broken down that day and i had no car my wife had a little moped a 50cc honda pedal scooter so i said i've got to go to st albans now this is a cold november freezing night and i turn up at a police roadblock around the town on a little moped yeah looking like a crazy man right? looking like a crazy man and then this police roadblock <clears throat> can't go any further i said i've got to go in they're waiting to see me and who are you and i told him who i was you and, said you were a psychic right yeah 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 i yeah, said yeah crazy said, man on a moped right yeah yeah and i said and they want to see me they've phoned me and i've got to go in and see them i didn't want to t go into a long story about who anything else i did but i did have my letter from the ministry of defense that i've sent you and i said look this shows that you know i'm not completely crackers i said can you just radio in and say that i'm here and i guarantee you they'll let me in now he said you're a psychic i'm father christmas get back on that bike and Oh, get out of here and i wouldn't go i said no. by the way when i heard this story i couldn't play yeah. it when you told it on jeffrey mishlove's yeah. uh yeah you didn't use any profanity but i'm like there's no, no way a cop didn't yeah. say get the f out of here no. yeah yeah uh, no he get them on your bike I'm out of it. so anyway so i wouldn't go eventually they threatened to arrest me i said well if you do that you've got to take me there you can't arrest me and keep me in the police car. From the moment you arrest me, you're going to take me to custody. I said, so arrest me now. Even if I've got to hit you, I said, I think. Arrest me and take me in. I said, because I know who phoned me and I know they're waiting for me. Yeah. So it's like, if, if you're wrong, <laughs> and of course, they, he's come back from the car, one of them, and said, they're only waiting for him, Gov. <laughs> <laughs> also i got taken in and then went around the town like a sniffer dog but yeah so you know this story i mean they took me up there and i mean these two terrorists had blown themselves to pieces you know i mean there was bits everywhere by the way not to go on too much of a tangent but how did you deal with that the fact they're like human body parts everywhere i can deal with that i've seen so much stuff mm. yeah it didn't yeah, I don't mean to sound callous, but you get used to it. You know, yeah, you... what most people don't realize, though, is like, and they're dealing with this in the disclosure when people are trying to use PTSD against Grush and stuff like that. Mm. Like, I've had friends who've had to clean up after an IED bombing or a suicide bombing. Yeah, they would have you... to literally, like, pick up someone's head and put it yeah, in a bag. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, that's a, one of the first things I ever got close to doing when I was... 15 or 16 i was near a road traffic accident and a motorcyclist hit a, a street light post and his head came off and i saw that I, I was 15 or 16 and i just thought gee poor son you know i i, I don't know why it didn't affect me more than it did then because i think it should have done 
maybe I yeah. was just maybe I was just in shock and it didn't and I don't remember it perhaps but but no I nothing things like that I can deal with things well, anyway not the sorry to go macabre uh, yeah on, so, on, on, on the audience but you're walking through this field of yeah so anyway so 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 I left the police station that night with a message can you get on to and I remember the way they put it get on to whoever it is you get on to because we need to identify these two we need their names and I think this was like a Friday night early Saturday I probably didn't get to bed like till five in the morning because I'm on this little moped chugging 10 miles back to where I live <laughs> yeah I'm trying to paint the scene I'm like yeah I tell you, it'd be a great scene for a film. I mean, if it, you know, and and another aside, has Hollywood ever contacted yeah. you? Oh, I nearly had a series with Disney twice. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, sorry. Back to the story. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nearly had a series twice with Disney, and at last minute, if it all fell through twice. Luckily, I didn't give them any rights for more than three years because mm -hmm. they want life rights. And I said, no, no life rights, no life rights. And that's what they all want in Hollywood, life rights, sign your life rights. No, three years, don't do anything, they're back to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I was smart enough not to do that because I'd be screwed otherwise. They can control you completely. They can even stop you doing something like this. And they didn't make the show about you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Copyright is a speciality of mine. Yeah, especially British copy. Good for you. Yeah. For so, you. so no, I didn't do that. So they want to know the names. By Tuesday, at a meeting, well, the police, the, Alex again was the the chief inspector cop. He's written all through my book. He wrote the forward to Dream Detective book. So he's a name that I can say quite happily. He's fine with it. He said to me, "Do you know the names?" I said, "Yes." I said, I'm not telling you unless the press are there. Oh, don't do that to me, he said. I said, no. This was 1991. I was getting bold now. Yeah, you got some balls. You got yeah. some balls, Christopher, to do that. That's awesome. Okay. You want to know the names? I want the press there. And he said, all right, I'll phone you back. So he arranged a meeting with two reporters from the sun the daily newspaper and we met at a chinese restaurant that lunchtime in lee grave in luton and we went in and he introduced me as this this is our psychic you know that i've explained to you about and he isn't going to give us the names unless you're here and this reporter i think his name was kieran saunders can't remember the other one and he said to me, I am shocked that the police have invited me here to hear these names from you. He said, and I'm telling you now, even if you're right, I'm not going to do a big story about it. He said, I'll do something, but I'm not doing a big story. Are you still going to give him the names? I said, if you promise you'll do something. Yeah. So anyway, I told him how I'd worked the names out. The names were right. They were the right names. The big shock was when we saw their ID pictures, 
I'd only met them in the summer before. I'd actually met them. How did you meet them? Or just one of those other apps that you were I'm, on? I met them at a fate at a hospice in Luton, Keach Cottage Hospice. And the chief fundraiser was a retired superintendent of police, someone I knew really well. And he said, we want to raise some money for the hospice. He said, can you come down with your astrology or tarot cards or fortune telling crystal ball? He said, anything. We'll put you in a little tent. He said, and can we make some money for the hospice? And I said, yeah, whatever you like. So I think I took a crystal ball and a pack of playing cards or something and just talk to people. But I put up some of my newspaper cuttings around me. And on one of the newspaper cuttings was about the IRA. Now, these two people were the last two people that came into the tent that day. And this is, you could make this up, and it's absolutely true. The girl said, my boyfriend here, in a very soft Irish accent, doesn't believe in any of this. She said, but I do. She said, what does this mean? And she showed me her hand and her lifeline stopped, completely stopped. It was blank. I've never seen that before. It was completely blank. She and, showed and the lifeline is, is I actually looked this up when I was researching. It's, it's from it's, your index finger down to your thumb. Down, down, right? down by your thumb, yeah. down to your wrist. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Completely nothing. Then she showed me his hand. His was the same. She's, and I, I, you couldn't make this up. She said, does that mean we die together? And that was, I think the Jew, we can even check the date of the hospice if we ever needed to. What did you tell her? What did you say? I said that it doesn't always mean that. And I did say, else, I've, ne I've never what seen What else could that. it mean? What else could it mean, though? Well, I mean, if you believe in palm reading, right. which I'm not sure that I do, I was just doing a thing for a hospice, a funny thing. But if you believe in it, that's your lifeline. And they say that depending on how long it is, how long you live. Well, I tell you what, these two people, they stopped at the same place. And that's what she wanted to know. Does it mean we die together? And I'm standing there less than six months later with them spread out around me. I mean, what's the chances? It's like the Stephen Wilkinson. There's so many things where yeah. the probability that this would ever happen. Just My chances infinitesimally is small. Infinitesimally right. small. And, but it, it does. It happens to me. You know, Did she know. seem to have like an idea that her she, lifeline was short she seemed to think that she wasn't going to live longer than wherever that was on her life but i mean was she aware that her lifeline was that way or did you point that yeah, out she asked me it does is that what it means she pointed it out to me that's why they stopped to talk to me to ask me the question it was almost as if she was getting confirmation that that, is that what, she, what she's meant to do yeah. this is like retro causation and crap uh, well, like that i absolutely believe in retro causality yeah I absolutely believe in that. Yeah. Yeah.
of too much wow. experience with things that leave no other explanation. I mean, but yeah, yeah. Patricia Black Donnelly and Francis Ryan. But they were killed in St. Albans anyway, IRA, 1991 November. You look yeah, I thought, I, I thought you were going to say December 21st again. Sorry. No, no, no. It was <laughs> November. Yeah, she knew. She, she knew. knew. She it, knew. Six months, six months before. Six months before. I mean, this, you know, if I mean, if things were going to scare me, things like that would scare me. Because <laughs> that is that is something that would that would scare me. I don't get scared really like that. But yeah, I mean, you had two future murderers. Yeah. Coming to yeah. visit you at, to, to confirm. Yeah. yeah. If their if their yeah. plan was if they were going to carry out their plan. I know. I mean, you can imagine the discussions I had with the police afterwards. Yeah. They probably yeah, like, did you them. know? Did you? Yeah. 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 I said, yeah, I met them. Actually, I think it was useful because of where they were. Then they know they were in the area of the bombing. So they they didn't just come in from out of town. Yeah, they, they scoped it out. They planned. They, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So they'd been in the area for at least six months. It's fascinating. Okay. Crazy is crazy. But yeah. But, the, you know, but, I mean, why wasn't Stephen Wilkinson allowed to tell me? The names and and there's it's it sounds potty and mad but it indicates to me that there is very certainly or very very likely rules in all this did you what have any connections to, did you have any connections to mcadams where if you had known the name you could have no, nope. got him faster. No, nope. I mean, if they'd have looked for a flight crew, yeah, it's, yeah, you would have had it with the first. They would, have, but you'd have needed to be Royal Air Force. Yeah, you would have needed so what, to be Royal Air Force. What's your theory on why? Like, if you had to guess, I know you don't. I, know. I, I think it was all trying to build credibility with non-believers. Or people that are very reluctant to believe in this whole system, and I felt it was leading towards what's going to happen big in the future. And in fact, in the the newspaper story, I think it's that newspaper story. One of the Scotland Yard officers said that because they must have asked him something. He said, "We believe that Christopher is being guided towards warning us of the big one." That's a great segue for. Well, do you think we you warned us yet of it? Well, was nine eleven the big one? Well, I warned about that, and it happened. And but the coronavirus too, and coronavirus, and lots of other things we've talked about tonight privately, which are almost certainly, you know, in the planning by the people concerned. Yeah, and by the way, for the audience, he's told me nothing about future events, so you don't have to <laughs> worry that I have some no, secret it's, knowledge of no, something that's not, coming soon. No, not events as such. It's how things yeah. work. 
I mean, if you, no. people wouldn't be interested in watching us talk about that, probably. You know, but you never know. No, they they would they, they would, but it's it's. it's uh, again, it you want to be focused. You want to be focused on. Yeah. Okay. So. Nine eleven. Nine eleven. Two years before, I'm in a dream, in an aeroplane. Hijackers come down the aisle, hijack the plane, crash me into a very tall building. And I thought it could be London or New York. I wasn't sure where. So August the 5th, 2000, huge dogs, Muslim attack, great big huge dogs. But as I said, I see them as dogs before I see them as people. I've drawn an aeroplane. I've drawn twin towers. I've put looks like New York or maybe London. Dead, everyone dead, lots of dead people everywhere. Looks like a big plane, seven asterisk seven. And then I've got three underneath that, so maybe three planes. What a terrible mess. Christopher, you must tell MI5, Paul and Bob. Well, I did. <laughs> uh, of course I did. But, you know, that was my first 9-11, what turned out to be 9-11 dream. Well, yeah, that's the first time, August the 5th, 2000. But there were things that were to do with in 1999. But the 2001 is the one that really kicked me into thinking, Okay, I've got to get some more connections. I've got to get my own US connections. How do I do that? And it, keeping it a very short story, it ended up that I was in Arizona with Gary Schwartz doing the Arizona experiments just before, well, August 2001, setting out impossible tasks that, and if you could complete them, you know, basically what I had to do was I had to dream the defining characteristics of 10 randomly selected locations I would be taken to on 10 consecutive days. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that, that's in, in a book that's been documentary has been made about that. And what shocked Gary Schwartz <laughs> was I wasn't only dreaming of it the night before i actually got on the plane with all the information and i dreamt of the locations three months before and the reason i'd done that is my dreams are shit in august <laughs> what's so I, that i don't know from the middle of july till the first week in september my dreams have been crazy and the first year going back to 1989 and 90 the the police and other people at a meeting with me said, if we put money and resources into you, how do we know it won't just stop? And I said, <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't know. And that was about, I guess it must have been 1990 in the summer when we had that meeting and things were really crap. And I said, I don't know, you know. It's it stopped last summer. It's they just be you get much more dreaming, 
much more visualization, much more like out of body experiences, but they don't make any sense at all. So a July and August dream has almost never made any sense. So I thought if I'm going to be going in the summer, this is back in the April, if I'm going to be going, I didn't know when I was exactly coming because they hadn't set the experiment up, but I knew it would be during the summer sometime. I thought I've got to know the answers to this now. So I focused on day one, day two, day three for three consecutive months before I got on the plane. A few days before I, I'm going to leave the UK to come to America to do these impossible experiments. I'm getting nervous for the first time in my life. I think, what have I done now? I've got Intel people here, Intel people in America, a whole university, and I'm going to come there and put myself on the line for experiments that are impossible. Do you know what I dreamt the night before I got on the plane? I was beamed onto the huge mothership and this alien stormtrooper kind of handed me a lightsaber and said, Christopher, take this lightsaber and get on your plane. The force is with you. I'll tell you what, I woke up early that morning to get to Heathrow Airport thinking, thank God for that. <laughs> and I completely relaxed because I thought, that is the most amazing experience. And I'm about to go and do something that's impossible. Thank you, alien. <laughs> but, you know, I think there's a plan. I think they've got a plan. And I think remote viewers are given the information. Mm -hmm. I don't think I go out there and get it because of something I can do. That's, I mean, they might have other ideas, but me, I think I am told this. And the reason I think that more than anything is because I'm not allowed to tell you. Stephen Wilkinson wasn't allowed to tell me. That suggests a plan. That suggests rules. That suggests serious agenda. So speaking of these non-human intelligences, let's call them, mm. how are they involved in all this? How did they, because we didn't, we've alluded to some of the, this contact, but how has that been weaved into your story? Well, I either see people who are alive or were alive, or I see these alien type angelic Light beings. Light beings. I'll give you, for example, so I just found it. The Arizona experiments, I had to dream where I was going. On one of the nights in the dream, I wrote this from a message from of a being that says the grandmaster of this section of the universe. Now, bearing in mind, I'm being told things that are impossible to know by these light beings. And it says here, they all ask you the purpose, why you are being brought in unison with the grandmaster to heal the world. 
the only way to do that is with demonstration that leave those observers suffering in awe and wonderment of what they have witnessed someone has to be the grandmaster's servant otherwise if the pathway you show them is not heeded now the world will be doomed ab initio and then i've put in brackets no no but say it like that that's why you're doing this use your old data for tomorrow and then i was taken up to the gemini star system but every now and again you get these well to me anyway hugely mm. profound statements and i'm being monitored by i now know not only the university but intel people and 9-11 happened mm. you know i saw that happen and it did happen other things that have happened that i've seen happen mainly terrorist attacks so there seems to be this big interest with whoever guides this information to us to do with our destruction or destruction killing bombing explosions do i believe there is a grandmaster i do now as crazy as that might sound to your view what is the nature of this grandmaster the way i understand it is that there is a massive collection of intelligences and some kind of galactic federation or which is not trying to hurt us but is trying to protect us from ourselves and because we have now got to the point where we can annihilate ourselves and this planet they've taken they've taken there's they started to step in and they've come to people i don't know why they picked me is it because i saw that first ufo or the second one or was i supposed to see that ufo just re really quickly because i think you told me that yeah. privately yeah really quickly tell that story of the first time you saw it and then i can show the video that you sent me yes If you enjoyed this video, please click on like, subscribe, and the notification button so that you're alerted anytime I post something new.